guys, welcome to another episode Hello. of the Make and yo, Send yo, Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. Hello, welcome back. How are you all doing this week? Tired. This week, today? <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been busy. It's been very busy. Productive, but busy. Yeah. You know, we're here. We're alive and kicking. To give some more info. So, <laughs> today we will have another question time. So we've uh, asked like a few of our followers, some of our friends, some of our family, you know, just people so we asked them to provide us with some questions and some just sent them as well yeah so yes we had quite a few so obviously off the back of this we just get loads of questions all the time a lot of the, i get some in my whatsapp and i'm like i, I don't, I I don't, don't know, know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know the answer to this right now give me give a minute give us time give yeah. us time yeah so we just put all of those together so we're just going to do another question time where we just answer various people's questions so people don't forget to subscribe to share to retweet you know, the, you know the deal. The yes. usual. So, yeah. Going to pass it over to the lovely Sam. Hello. Or the famous you know what. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to call it what it's a disclaimer. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so we're going to answer these questions. But of course, as we say, we are not professional. Well, we are professionals, but we're not <laughs> financial advisors. Um, no, everything we, we give you is just food for thought. Some of it is opinion based. Some of it's based on research we've done. But please always do your own research. Don't take what we say as gospel. Um, don't sign up to anything that you're not sure of. Make sure you always do your research. And yeah, so enjoy the rest of the pod. That sounded tuned. a bit like my disclaimer. Um, no, it didn't. I heard various words. <laughs> Everybody that I says used. it in their own oh, words. What, Thank what, you very words much. Words that are in the dictionary that are open <laughs> to everyone to use. Okay, cool. Fine. Anyway, oh gosh, can you hear my stomach? As <clears> I was saying. Stay listening, people. We're going to answer some good questions that have come in. So, the first question was, how to how do you get the best deal when selling something? Okay. So, we're just going to assume selling in general, right? Just anything. In ge- yeah. anything, yeah. Okay. So, you've got something of value and you want to sell it off. Um, I'd say do research on what's already out there and how much it's already going for. So Yeah, what's the current market price yeah. of whatever you're trying to sell? And also pull it on as much like outlets as possible. Like safe is closed. You got so much. You got like Depop. You got Spock. Yep. You got eBay. And then I'm sure there's like specialist sites if you were selling like um, memorabilia or antiques and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. just so Google you, and do your research to find out what's the best places to put your products on. Yeah. Yep. Just compare the market. See where it's selling for the most, and that's where you want to sell it. And if you want to earn a bit more or you do want to sell for a bit higher than you're seeing, you have to understand what makes yours unique and why people want yours. So for example, I was selling some stuff on eBay for a bit and I found that we were able to sell it for a bit more than what other people were selling for because we were in the country that people are buying from. So people can get it cheaper from America or China, but they'd have to wait 32 days for delivery where we could guarantee you'd get the product in Mm. four working days. So you would be able to sell it more for that, but it depends on your your audience. If they want things immediately, then great for you. If they are happy to wait, then you might not get as many sales, but there's always going to be a mixture of those two types of buyers. So I'd say research, research, research. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, I would say. And know what's out there. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Moving on. <laughs> next one. So, yeah, and yeah. Anyway, the next one <laughs> was how to invest in Ciroc. You know, so how Ciroc would you? Ciroc boy. <laughs> For those that know, Ciroc. Ciroc is a very popular, smooth tasting vodka. Smooth. I think Ciroc is so smooth. I think the flavored ones are smooth. I, I think I don't the like original vodka. is. Oh, 
No, do you know what I think? And the thing is, I feel like Ciroc's done so well, not just because it's Diddy, but because it is actually smooth. Even the, have you had the blue one? I uh, know. Mean, you should try it, honestly, because vodka has that. Vodka yellow. has that horrible kick. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like Ciroc doesn't have that. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of vodka. Even so. mum, I'm more of a brown juice person. Yeah, me, same here. Yes, same. <laughs> if, you're, if you're Ghanaian, then standardly you drink brandy. <laughs> <laughs> but. Rock is good for that reason but yeah talking okay. investments francis your area yeah, well the, um, the, the first thing i was going to say um you you can't actually directly invest in Ciroc, um because although Ciroc is a brand on its own etc it's actually owned by diageo who own like so many other vodkas spirits they own guinness they just sell a lot of alcohol so they own it um what they did was that i think 2007 they approached P. Diddy for him to be a brand ambassador of Ciroc. Mm. So he just started promoting it, doing the marketing. And because it went so well, they did a partnership with P. Diddy and they said, okay, set up a firm. You do all the branding, all the events, everything surrounding Ciroc in the US and you split the profits 50-50. So that's what P. Diddy does. So he doesn't actually own Ciroc as such. Oh, really? No, he doesn't. He just has a firm who brands it, markets it, and he owns half of that firm. Mm. So if you wanted to invest in Ciroc indirectly, you have to buy shares of Diageo. But then if you buy shares of Diageo, you're buying shares of, I don't know, you're investing in all the other drinks they do. That's a good thing then. I think it's a good thing, I think so. That's like when I go back to, sorry again, Zara. And I said to Francis, (laughs) how do I invest in Zara? And he was like, no, you have to invest in Inditex. And they own Zara, Bershka, um, Pull and bear. Mango. So many. There's so many uh, yeah, that comes yeah. under. So yeah. you're not okay. just investing in that one Taking store notes. or what? That one vodka. Yeah. Indi- yeah. Was it Inditech? Inditech. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I told Francis to anyway. <laughs> Don't worry, Sam. We, we'll, we'll take we'll this offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. So that's how you can indirectly invest in Ciroc, but you know directly you can't unless you know Diddy and you strike a deal and he sells you some of his shares or something. But yeah, that's it. Based on its popularity, is that something that you would invest in? Uh, in the company? Yeah. De- definitely, yeah. Okay. The, the, the share price has mm. actually been doing quite well over the last years. I think in the last few months, it's been down a little bit. But over the past year, five years, it's been doing very well. Okay. Mm. Yeah. There might be something else I need to get my right. hands in. Taking Maybe. notes. And um, so their Guinness, their Guinness Enterprise, they're, they're actually thinking of selling it. Oh. So yeah, that's so there's, a, there's a lot of news about it at the moment. If they sell it, what are they going to do with the money? Are they going to branch to something else? So it's one to watch, I would say. So that is actually a good question because it goes back to what we always say, invest in what you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And what so you have an interest in. if drinks a rock, invest in a rock, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Right. The next question is, is opening two consolidated accounts to cover a debt a good idea instead of just one? So, for example, debt of 5K, um, the person has been successful in applying for an account which will cover two grand of their debt. They are probably able to get another one. So the interest rate for the two grand is going to be nothing for a year but they obviously still want to cover that other three grand. They might not get interest free for the whole year. It might be for six months or something like that. They're looking to be in a better position in the next six months. Is that a good idea or is it safe to just keep it at just the one? 
would say it's a great Francis idea. Francis is vigorously shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, Go no, for that's, it. That's a great idea. Well, <laughs> think, let's think about it, right? Mm. It's interest-free. Yeah. Even if it's for six months. So that's six months you're not paying interest. Yeah, yeah. On the debt which is currently being paid. Yeah. Interest is being paid on. Yeah, so yeah, no, that's definitely a good idea, I'd say. Especially if you have the aim of, at the end of the year or six months, being debt-free. Yeah. So there's a purpose to it, right? Rather than just, I don't know, just having lower payments, you actually you're you're planning to pay off your debt. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, th- yeah that's a conversation that I had with somebody, and what they went on to say is they'll cover the second account after the six months. They'll just pay it off. But if the other one continues to be, well, it will continue to be interest free for the year. If they want to save, does it make sense to pay smaller payments into that account because they're not being charged interest and save? Or cover all debt completely before you start saving? No, save. So put money in your savings yeah. and pay off a little bit of debt because mm-hmm. you're not paying interest. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As long yeah. as you can afford the payments and you know yeah. you're going to cover it by the time it exactly. stops being interest free. And if you're putting money into your savings or you making a little bit of money on top of that, that's even better. Yeah, yeah. Right? So then you could use whatever little bit, little bit you make to actually pay off more debt. Yeah. Just an idea. I know that they'll be very happy with that. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely get your consolidated accounts game on. <laughs> <laughs> so, next question. Post office investment accounts. How much are they worth now? And is it best to keep the money in or cash out? Right. Uh, let me <laughs> let me give you background on that. Please. Um, different person has an old, has managed to find one of them old post office investment accounts mm-hmm. that their parents were doing for them years ago. <clears throat> And I think the last time money was put into it was, gosh, 1990-something. Anyway, they've managed to find online that somebody that had a similar account that had, like, £100 in it cashed out in 2008 for 6000 What? Because of how much whatever they've invested in has grown. Now, they're wondering if there is a way online to find out how much their about we worth i think it's like just under 200 pounds in that account and this is from 1990 something so way 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 back yeah. um also is it worth cashing out now or just leaving it there they haven't thought of the money they actually forgot that this account existed so they don't need the money yeah is it worth just letting it could sit and continue to to but grow is it just a savings account or what is it it's an investment account but like what like a so what invest in stocks and shares yeah because like, there's there's different types with um with the post office what they usually do is they issue bonds okay so you buy a bond which pays a little bit more interest than other places would so if it's something like that um and it was set up in 99 when interest rates were a lot higher they would have received a lot more money yeah. from then but now they'll be very very low so what they're receiving on top of it will be low but right it's now, not yes. gonna be going backwards or anything no well backwards as said lower yeah uh, um, uh, it's unlikely to go any lower from this point. Yeah, I say that, but with Brexit looming, etc., it might that might just happen. So I, I guess the answer is I don't know. Mm. <laughs> All I know is currently rates are very low. Find out how I would say. Why don't they just find out how much yeah. is in there? I, that's what Actually I recommend. Find the actual account. Yeah, put, first. Put, right now, um, I just googled this. The post office, the the bond. Um, if 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 it's an account which invests in bonds from the post office. It pays you one point seven nine seven eight percent. So, f- because of how old this book is, she's been told that she needs to send it off, get an updated version with the updated amount that's in there. Yeah. I would say photocopy. Yes, yes, 
keep a copy for yourself yeah. before you send it off. Just, just yeah, protect yourself some way. Make yeah. sure you know yeah. what you have. And then I think at the very least, find out how much it's worth today. How much interest so. is being yeah. applied. Yeah, that's, that's, What the investments are that in. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. And then go from there. And it's again, it's one of those tax-free ones, isn't it? Yeah. Because with the post office, again, you, you get that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say the same thing Sam said. Just find out how much it is first, and then go from there. Cool. Yeah. So, gentrification. <laughs> how can we make it work for us? That's a <laughs> huge question. How can we make it work for us? That's a huge, huge, huge. Who is us? Of Who us? is us? Listen. Yeah, what do you mean by us? I think in terms of gentrification, us, us is anybody who doesn't feel like they are in the pool of people that they're aiming these new areas, new prices, new attractions to. That is a great definition. Basically. So. Amazing. Yeah, it captures I mean, everyone who is. As Jerome would say, it's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, where is Jerome? Yeah, he's not. He's he's I'm missing just, for this one. Yeah, mm. but he will be back. I'm here representing the both of us. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. FYI, that they're, they're married, so That's, yeah. But, yeah. just in case people didn't know, yeah. they're a couple. <laughs> well, as my uncle would say, we have two couples. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Um, so, how to make it work? Yeah, that is a big question. Yeah, it is. I think it's an episode. I think so. Yeah, but I would say I don't think it's necessary a thing you can make it work mm. i think it has to, it depends on your situation i yes. would say let's just say you lived in i don't know clapham or something in some big block that was going to get um they were going to get rid of mm. but then in exchange you get to have a new flat in the new buildings that they're going to build mm. well clearly you're going to benefit from it right yeah but i think one of the issues is that if people are being moved out they're not moved, being moved back into the area oh is, no. no these days they're being moved way out sometimes way yeah. outside of london yeah canterbury birmingham is that what can't you decide and no I no no it, it, sometimes it depends I on your housing quite a few of my friends from peckham yeah ellsbury estate yeah when yeah. they knocked down all those uh, north peckham estate mm. they all got new houses in peckham yeah when, when was that though that was a while ago yeah these days people that have temporary accommodation so a lot of the time if you're got housing from housing associations or the council not the council but housing associations it's temporary accommodation and you just there's nothing on your lease that says how long you're able to be there so if they choose to do something with the land they can move you anywhere anywhere okay and if you if you don't want to take it that's cool but you can't stay here sort of thing so um okay so then that's that's off limits then with the house okay um in terms of shops so obviously if people can't pay the rent anymore if you've got a local shop that you go to all the time and they just can't afford the rent they have to shut up shop and move elsewhere yeah, that's happening in brixton yep in which is village. really sad um but we can also benefit from gentrification like like we said um if you get all your friends to invest a certain amount of money you could yep. actually buy a shop and yep, then yep, yep. it will be us owned <laughs> and the us is all of the like i said before I, I can't even remember the word for word but yeah exactly the definition i said before that's us <laughs> but but the thing no let's be real it's not it's not just black people it's no, it's, just, it's it's bame it's black and uh, what's the ethnic minority or whatever it's called yeah basically yeah but um one thing i've had a conversation like this before one thing that people said is they find that when the area changes people leave the area even if they don't need to mm. and i think we need to stop doing that if we don't have to leave if you've got property and you feel i guess alone after all of these changes happen you need to start bringing your people in mm-hmm. and kind of claiming the area because i think if the if the intention is to push us out and we just leave because we're feeling uncomfortable or we feel like 
our people aren't here anymore, our shops aren't here anymore, then they've won. Yeah, they whoever they are that are trying to push us, whoever us is and out. Us, <laughs> us, you mean the poor because obviously yes. it's yes. the poor that can't afford flats for half a million. Exactly, yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, I agree. But I think, like Kalisha said, I think we start need to start thinking outside of the box, coming together with people, like-minded people, and doing stuff that can keep you within that area. Yeah. But yeah, this is this it's, obviously it's, it's, it's long. It's yeah, like, this we, requires a lot more research and stuff. A lot more. I think an episode on this coming up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I agree. Next question is: What literacy do you read for investment knowledge on a day to day? Um, Francis. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know. You guys might read something. Social media. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes, sorry. Hargreens and Lansdowne send their newsletters. Yeah, yeah they're good, right? They mm. they actually are and they're really very good. Easily, they're, they're yeah, very, easily to read yeah. as well. Yeah. So that's what I read. To be honest, <laughs> I keep up to date with something that's in the news or if it like stands out to me, but I'm not like a... And you rely on Jerome, right? <laughs> if you saw for, her face, for, people. For, invest, <laughs> for, investment, for investment news? We are 100% cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean born alone die alone what okay in it <laughs> fine fine well, actually, before we're, marriage fine we're leave, after no, we're, leaving <laughs> we're leaving all of this in. no we're not um, um yeah i i don't know because i work in investment management i guess it's slightly different because on a day-to-day basis i read stuff at work anyway so that's kind of my day-to-day um yeah i read like there's several sides. Bloomberg is probably the main one. Um, sometimes the FT. Sometimes just random websites that might have a piece on something interesting. So the FT's Financial Times, by the way. Yeah, which is a bit dry at times. Um, I mean, I think Bloomberg, the web Bloomberg website, is the, it's very easily written. It's updated every minute. There's always news on there. Um, they have clips. They have they have everything on there. Um, I read that a lot on the day to day terms of books and stuff um again because i've done a lot of studying in investments my study books i guess have given me a lot of information but then i've also read general books like um the one we always talk about um how to choose investment funds by mark dampier that one's really good again very basic how it explains stuff um what else investor did you say investopedia so investopedia that's yeah, a, that is really good yeah so that's this it's like the investment google basically you like go Richie. in there yeah you type in anything you want that you don't understand about investments and it will explain it to you mm. and it'll have like a short video like an animation or something just explaining it um again youtube if i don't understand something sometimes i just put it in youtube there might be some explanation on there yeah so yeah i guess other than the stuff that i read at work i just utilize the internet yeah and there's a lot of information out there yeah a lot yeah so next also one more thing on. most newspapers have a market section yeah like yeah. a business section mm-hmm. um like the guardian not sure about the daily mail Mm-mm. but the guardian definitely Mm-mm. does um the times uh yeah and BBC, BBC also does. If you visit the BBC website a lot, they which also is have. very accessible from our phones yeah. as well. So, yeah. Next so, question. And next question is: I work for one of the big four audit firms and have to disclose all my investing activities. Can I still buy investment funds? Yes, you can. 
um, usually what happens is I also have to disclose all my investing activities at work. Really? Yeah. But funds are exempt. Because a fund obviously always, well, the funds is, an, is exempt if it has 30 or more shares within it. So the whole idea is because you, you're not the one making a decision on what the fund invests in, mm. you have no influence over it. So even if you did have like inside information or something, you'd be very limited because so let's just, okay, let's just say there's a fund which had Apple in it, right? Yeah. And I had inf- inside information about Apple. Apple would just be one holding in that big fund. Mm. So the gains that can make are limited anyway. So what they usually do is if you're buying a fund which has 30 or more holdings, you're exempt from having to um, report it. That's how it works at my workplace. So you might want to check, but I also used to work for one of the big four. Um, I used to work for Ernst and Young, and <laughs> it was this. It was the same. It was the same policy. <clears throat> Obviously, if you're in audit, then it, it might be slightly different because you might be auditing these companies. But from what I remember, you should be fine if you're buying a fund and it has thirty or more holdings. But yeah, check with your HR compliance, etc. Read don't, your employee don't handbook. Don't get yourself into trouble because we are not liable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's it. Next question. Um, what to choose? No, how to choose the right cash ISA in order to beat inflation? Um, the simple answer is you can't. Such, <laughs> such, such ISA doesn't exist. The, the most an ISA pays right now is like 1%, right? Even the ones that lock you in for a few years. So maybe 1.5%. Um, inflation, end of the year, inflation was just under 3%. Mm. So, yeah, you can't... I don't think there are any ISIS which pay 3% or more. Uh, if you wanted to have 3% or more, you'd have to invest the money some way. You'd have to take some kind of risk in one way or another. So, um, you know, sorry to be passing a of bad news, but the cash ISA isn't going to work. Basically, yeah, so that's it. Sorry, <laughs> are, you, are you guys still here? Or is it just no, me? no, 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 wait, we're here. We're here. <laughs> Come on, we just thought we'd just give you your time. I was waiting for Sam with the next question. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> right? Next question What other assets other than a house is a good investment? So, an, an investment where the value goes up, I would say collectible items mm. like art anything. coins memorabilia yeah anything investments like, like stocks and bonds anything that anyone would want to buy is an asset right? yeah so yeah i would say and some people might say a house is not even an asset no yeah definitely an asset well until you've paid it off mm. oh until oh, you're your mortgage See, free i actually had it okay actually wait can i can i break this down go yeah, for it please. I'm having, please so um two of my friends one was saying that a house is debt and the other one was saying it's an asset so there's they're having this back and forth mm. and i said okay guys it's it's actually both it just depends on the perspective you're looking at it from okay go on give us so those perspectives a bank oh, okay you see a house you like you go to the bank and say i want to buy this house it's four hundred thousand. the bank will say fine we'll give you four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. you take that four hundred thousand and you buy the house yeah fine from your perspective you have a debt of four hundred thousand, right yeah but you also 
have a house which is worth 400,000. Yeah. So really as you're paying off the mortgage, your debt is going lower. Yeah. And hopefully as time goes by, your asset is going up. Yeah. So yeah. you have both. You have debt and an asset. Yeah. Right? For the bank now, they've given you 400,000 and in return, they're getting interest. Yeah. So for them, that mortgage is an asset. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's it's in the case that you you are not able to pay your mortgage obviously they can just take the house and sell yeah, it exactly so the risk on their side is a lot lower mm. but so yeah it's it's kind of both debt and an asset i think people look at it as an asset well the person that was saying it's it's a debt they're thinking that until you don't have to pay anything on this no money leaves your account but you still hold on to this that's when it becomes an asset while you're still paying for it yeah. but, but it's, it's they're kind of they're, they're right though yeah. that in a sense until you have paid it it's not yours yeah yeah it's just theoretically an asset you owe theoretically yeah. but really and truly you don't owe it because when you miss a payment the bank can just take the house exactly and you've signed you've signed a contract so that's the thing really and truly you don't own it until it's all paid but then for theoretical until you sell whatever. it as well what's that you can sell it as well yeah you can sell it as well yeah and then that obviously the asset won't, it won't, won't be an asset but the money will be yours yeah yeah, yeah. so exactly. so i guess the the the, the better way to look at it is say what's your equity right what's your liability what's your assets less your liability yeah. so how much is the house worth how much do you take owe? out the, the mortgage left that has to be paid what do you have left that's what you really owe yeah yeah cool but um, in terms of investing in something that gains value so you guys have said a number of different things but I think the obvious thing that people always go to is buy a house as an investment rent it out you'll make money is there anything else that is that obvious that is like literally it's on the tip of everybody's tongue stocks and shares i would say yeah because mm. to me when people say assets that's the first thing that comes to my mind before it's home before only. home is stocks and shares because when you think about it although a home is an asset it's it's actually more of a english and american ideal of mm. this yeah, buying yeah. a house it's not everywhere in the world that people buy houses yeah so it's not all seen as an asset everywhere but of, of course it's an asset but I think it depends on also what you want like you said some people just want to know that they have somewhere to go home to every day yeah. yes and, th- and this is what I'm for yeah. me when I buy my house I'm, I'm not buying it to make money out of it I'm buying it to live in it yeah that's my first priority or anything so if some if you saw your dream house yeah um, and somebody said yeah you know you could just pay a flat rate amount of rent for the rest of your life it's yours done you you wouldn't even think about Done. having to buy it. Done. Yeah. yeah. What I would Same. do, yeah. I would make a comparison, right? Yeah. I would Same. say, I, I'm going to estimate that I'm going to die at, I don't know, 90 or something, right? Mm. From now until then, how much money am I going to pay? Yeah. Compared to how much would I be paying on a mortgage? Oh, including the interest and all everything. of that and everything. Yeah, And yeah. then I'll go for the cheap option. Yeah. But yeah. it's likely that the rent will be cheaper. Yeah. But the mentality of people is, oh no, but you've got to own it. Yeah. you've got do you know what I mean and, and I think if if you have enough money if you're comfortable to own it then why then shouldn't you right definitely yeah, yeah yeah because renting is expensive I'm sorry yeah, yeah. renting is, is very is. expensive and you're renting giving money away saving. to someone yeah exactly and then trying That's to the save downside, right? like but then some people are forced to rent so it depends I just think everyone has to look at their own yeah. situations I've, I've been renting you. since since 2006 yeah. the other day I calculate how much I've, I've oh, paid yeah, yeah, rent, don't do it and it just hurt do you want to say is, the number no I don't <laughs> it's a lot of money but the thing is what you think about the money okay but when you weigh that up against your independence your space your good times had your freedoms you're right do you you're know right. what I mean the, there's a word for that um, 
y- utility that's it the utility you got you get from it basically yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think everything on paper, in terms of on when you're thinking about money, yes, you can put it on paper, you can calculate it. But in terms of yeah. your life, emotion, how it made you feel, blah blah, we you can't really quantify 100%, 100%, that. Hundred percent, but hundred percent, you're right. Because yeah. when let's just say your rent is a thousand pounds, right? Mm. But most months, you know, you have good time in your house. You have people over. Mm. You're just nice. You're comfortable. Yeah. You love the place you live in. Clearly, that's worth the money, right? Yeah. That's why you're living in it. I think everyone do what works for you, but obviously be mindful of expenditure, saving, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think we had a final question, which is similar to the gentrification question, where it will be more of an episode or half, half episode about how in how to buy a new build property. Um, was that the full question? I think so, yeah. Yeah, how to buy a new build like, property. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think... We'll get some more information, but I think that mainly relates to um, help to buy schemes, which you can get for new build properties. So you have to decide whether you want to own a new build outright as a private lease tenant, or whether you want to own part of it with a housing association, or if you're applying for, well, you won't be buying it, but if you're applying for affordable rent, but go on the share to buy website and look at all of the different options that you have check which ones you're eligible for and then you go from there a lot of the big developers when developing work closely with the share to buy <clears throat> so it's not difficult to um take what you're eligible for and move it over to a property also a lot of developers will throw in deals to sell so they'll throw in they'll pay for stamp duty or they'll part furnish your property you just have to negotiate what you're able to do but like we said it's a full episode so excuse our vagueness but we will come back with more details but please go on the share to buy.gov website because it has a lot of useful information okay and i think that wraps things up that wraps up the questions but i have a couple of questions for you guys go on okay 2018 it's still the year still kind of new we're very early into feb but what are you guys plans in terms of or goals in terms of money for this year what? Okay, see, Kalisha's so happy to answer and excited. <laughs> Francis really is rolling not. his eyes. What, what, what's happening here? <laughs> I don't really have a goal, to be honest. Mm. I just think, just be very mindful and strict to myself. Like when it comes to like Ubers and when it comes to eating out, yeah. like just minimize that. Because not last year, 2006, what was last year? 2016, the amount of money I spent on Uber was ridiculous. Yeah. It was. I could have bought a car. Could have bought a little banger. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> and then last year I cut down a little bit, but towards the end of the year I started using it a lot more. Yes. This so part this year just to cut down on stuff like that and eating out, like I said. And yeah, that's it. But I still want to treat myself here and there. Which I think you have to. So yeah, you have to. Francis. Um, as long as just, I'm not making myself broke. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Just I guess in terms of, um, in terms of money, you know save more invest more make more you know just just have an increase in everything all the mores yeah Yeah. mores all the mores (laughs) um in terms of plans i'm not sure i don't really have 2018 plans like i always have plans of progressing in life right Mm. whether that's work or doing some venture or something Mm. yeah those things yeah i have things ideas in my mind that i want to do um but that's just I wouldn't even say that's a 2018 idea. It just happens to be in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I guess that's it for me. Yourself? Um, yeah. I'm just planning to be like more sensible, be strict. Like if I have a, a saving plan, don't go outside of it. Um, invest more 
definitely definitely invest more be a lot more clued up confession all of the questions were mine and no, i'm joking they weren't but um, <laughs> just be a lot more clued up and um yeah invest more take- i actually want to take more risks as well because years ago probably like five years ago my friend kept telling me about cryptocurrency mm. it's like yeah 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 whatever 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 <laughs> now Imagine. i could have been a millionaire yeah. seriously yeah yeah so i think it's just about taking risks what i can actually afford yeah so. informed risks definitely and yeah just just doing better okay progression yeah. I think that really wraps things up now. <laughs> yes, we are done. Jeez. Okay. Um, so, yeah, to Catch all the us. listeners, thank please you. Please rate us, leave feedback on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, etc. Catch yeah. us on the socials. Yeah. Instagram, yeah. Twitter, at Making Sense PC. Yeah. Um, send us questions. Email us, info at makingsensepodcast.com. Yep. Um, send us your questions keep doing it we'll keep doing this and we'll also just drop them in every now and then as we get them or we'll respond to you directly as we have been doing yeah. so yeah just thank you for continuing to listen and um, feedback yeah yeah with that being said peace out take care peace bye, bye.